0: Hey, everybody, and hey, world. Welcome back to the podcast. This is episode 43. How are you? Thanks for tuning in. Welcome back. I know I missed last week. Uh, I was in Florida with Emma and her parents. Her parents own a condo down there in Fort Myers, so we took a little vacation because she uh, had spring break from her school, and she's been killing it all year, and uh, I think she earned... A vacation. Not that I have to give her approval to take a vacation, but she's been kicking ass. So um it was a well deserved vacation for her. I was just along because I had nothing else to do. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh but things are picking up here. Things are definitely picking up for me. Um let me just turn this gain down a little bit. I am getting I'm clipping, I think. Anyway, yeah, so I missed last week. This is episode forty-three. I'm doing this episode without doing a live feed. I'm kind of not really feeling the live feed right now. Um, So I'm just going to do it old school. Me alone in a room. A couple shows, though, that I have coming up. Two really big ones. This Saturday, March 23rd, I'm playing full band uh, at the 5 spot, it's March 23rd It's Saturday, it is 6pm, Michael Kite starting it out Then Trevor, Larkin, and his band Who is yet to be named, they are Unveiling their band name at the show They're going to be on second And then Trevor's playing in my band Along with Caleb Hooper, Russ uh, Russ Gardner And Gabe Klein Who is in Trevor's band, so we're having A bit of a, a trade Z Incestuous night of music And um It's cool. I'm really excited. I've played four out of the five guys that are in my band. I've played multiple shows with and love playing with. Gabe, I have never played with. We're not going to have a chance to rehearse before the show. Uh, So that makes me a little nervous, but I think when you're nervous, it's good. Anyways, Gabe's an incredible musician, and I really uh, am not worried about it too much at all. And then April 5th, back with the boys. Me, Paul, Phil the Cheese. We're going to be up at Sugarloaf, the Widowmaker. I can't wait for that. That's going to be hopefully some really good spring skiing up there. And, uh, yeah, that's Friday, April 5th. We're doing an opera set. We're doing four hours. We're doing like three to seven. I had to count on my fingers to make sure at the time, <laughs> the time was right. Uh, yeah, we're doing like three to seven and then we're going to be shredding our all weekend. And, uh, Then I come back here and it is my birthday. I'm turning 35. I can't believe it. Holy shit. I am halfway to 70. Oh my God. It's wild. Anyway, um, here we are. Hey, world, episode 43. Thanks for tuning back in. And uh, let's do it. Hi everybody. And welcome back to the podcast. This is episode 43. I am live doing this as if it was an Instagram or Facebook live video, but I chose not to actually go live on this one. I don't know. I've, I I feel like I'm just not going to do the live thing as often as I was. I I you know, I figured my philosophy was I have an iPhone, I have an iPad, If I'm going to do the podcast, I might as well go live on both of my social media pages uh, to create more awareness about the podcast. But um, I feel like lately I've just been getting a lot of comments and I engage and then it kind of throws me off of where I wanted to head anyways. So I'm just going to like flip back and forth and maybe like do bonus episodes uh, with live feeds. But I mean it's no one is telling me what to do with this podcast so I can really kind of do whatever I want. So I feel like I'm just going to continue to adjust and continue to try to figure it out and see what works. And I I guess if I do it alone in my room without any live feed, it forces me to keep the banter going without the help and assistance of other people chiming in, which uh, is is a good challenge for me to just kind of keep talking and keep working. And, utilize this for what I really wanted to use it for anyways in the first place, which is work on my banter and give myself a 30 minute or so practice session of talking, which I've honestly found since I started doing this like 43 episodes in, um, I feel way more confident on stage in between songs with my banter just because I just like chat and bullshit and I have like a weekly practice in it. Um, Which is great and I think that's one because of this podcast and two because since I left my job back in September and I've just been playing I have way more stage time under my belt constantly and I'm playing three to five times a week as opposed to once maybe if I was lucky so the comfort level which is being myself as a artist and a performer and as a stage talker public speaker I guess within these six months has already grown and I'm really happy about that. Um And that's, what's great about doing a podcast. It really takes no effort. I had all the equipment and um it's still fun for me to do it. So I'm just going to keep doing it. I always, I know I always talk about this. I go back and forth about whether or not I want to continue to do it or who knows, but I mean, it's, it's, It's me talking about the process. Who gives a shit, right? It's just part of it. Um, But yeah, so I actually missed last week because I was in Florida. And man, I got... (laughs) Emma and myself, we both got burnt. Like, It's the first time of the year. This happens to me every... It happens to me every year where I just won't wear sunscreen. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to build a nice base. And then I obviously burn like crazy and luckily the like 10% sicilian that i have in me it, it eventually it, it makes my skin really greasy and uh it also turns my sunburns into a tan so that's that's one of the added benefits so thanks nan uh and all my uh very very distant sicilian relatives which uh is <laughs> deep Deep in the uh, in the family tree, I feel like I'm more English than anything. But Emma, who is none of those things, is Irish, and she knows uh, she knows what to do. But she still, even when she puts on sunscreen, she still burns. But she looks great. And like one of the things I really love about uh, hanging out with Emma, especially in the sun, is that she, her hair turns blonde in the sun. So when we left on this vacation, it's like strawberry blonde, I guess. When we got back, it's like she has blonde hair, like blonde curly. It her the sun just um, turns her hair a really nice color, and I enjoy that. So, but man, Florida, Fort Myers, it reminded me of like <laughs> it's it's like Fort Myers is an older community. <clears throat> So in a way it kind of reminds me of like Jerry Seinfeld's parents and when he was like her her his his dad was running for president of the condo association and it's all that type it's all the same stuff her parents live in like a condo and all these older people are like riding their bikes around and you know we went on we went on the boat on Tuesday and went out to Sanibel Island, which is just beautiful. Just clear water, salt water. We we obviously living in Nashville, we don't ever get the opportunity to swim in the ocean anymore unless like it's July and we go home. But man, so beautiful. But Paul, we were it was Emma's dad's cousin. Emma's dad's cousin's husband, Paul, who's from Peabody, and Emma's dad's cousin. Was a teacher at my uh, middle school, Miss Raftery, <clears throat> and um, but anyway, her husband Paul had a boat. He took us out, and there was a guy who was putting his boat in the like launch in the condo association, and he didn't recognize the guy. So he's like, "What is this a public dock? What does he think we could just like launch his boat here? People live here." And he went up and talked to the guy, and it turns out the guy like was watching over a condo of a, of a member who had just passed. It was like this awkward <laughs> situation, but these are the things like they, you know, it's such a small association. So they're always just checking in on people and they always have the gossip around that. So, um, it was really funny. But then, um, my mom and Tim, Tim is my mom's boyfriend, longtime boyfriend. He, that he has a place right next door to Emma's parents condo association. So we ended up hanging out with him. He took us on his boat. We went to this jazz club right down town in um in Fort Myers. And it's all these just like pretty heavy hitters that have just retired. Same type of deal have retired in Fort Myers. And the biggest person who was playing was I forget his name, but he was a he was the, the lead sax for SNL for like thirty years. Which if you've ever watched a single episode of Saturday Night Live that is the sound of the Saturday Night Live band, that that saxophone solo. It's like the beginning of, um. oh man, I know, let me try to pull it up here. I know Jaco Pastorius has a live version of the chicken. Let me see if I got it here. There's a live version, and it's like the Saturday Night Live sound. Oh, the soul intro. Yeah, yeah. Let me see if I got it here. Let me get it. It's like this sound, you know? It's like- and Chris Kattan Horatio Sands and musical guest Maroon five <laughs> oh, there- <laughs> yeah yeah anyway whatever but the band was crushing. And Tim was pumped up because he got to show us some uh, some jazz around the, Fort, the greater Fort Myers area. But it was a great vacation. I don't really take... I don't know when the last time I took a vacation where I wasn't playing. I can't even remember. Every time that we go up to New Hampshire, we're always playing at the ski mountains. It, because, like, I mean, skiing is expensive unless you're getting deals. Um, it's hard to really get, like, you know... 20 days in a year but um, it was just great and I, it's crazy because we got so burnt my skin my forehead was peeling my back was peeling I go to this like I know this is gonna sound so ridiculous but I go to a yoga class at the Y on Sundays and um, it's the same teacher it's always 130 to like 245 it's always like people my age like late 20s 30s it's like a pretty cool class and <clears throat> I was so embarrassed because I was like doing all these poses and skin is just like falling out of my shirt <laughs> like onto the yoga mat. And I'm like, oh no, it's like I, I went to Florida. I just burnt. It's it's only dry skin. I, but it was like the most embarrassing thing, and I eventually I was like, you know what? No one is looking at my yoga mat. Everyone's just panicking, trying to hold their friggin' warrior two pose. So it's really not that big of a deal. Um but yeah getting a sunburn. Now I have a nice base. So when I go out in the sun again, or I go out running, I won't, uh, I won't burn as badly as that one trip to Florida. That's the plan. Um, But yeah, got back and now we're right back on the gigs. This, this, this week of gigs is actually kind of busy. I played a, uh, I played the hotel that I normally play at. I played last night. I played tonight. Friday, is actually the most nerve-wracking gig that I have coming up because it's it's honestly, it's a great opportunity. It's really good. I've been playing at a venue here in Nashville called Old Red. It's a Broadway venue, but a lot of the newer venues here in town on Broadway are becoming like Dierks Bentley's or Luke Bryan's or Jason Aldean's or Kid Rock or all these places. And Old Red is owned by Blake Shelton. And it's named after one of his songs. But I think the song was actually a George Jones song. I'm not positive on that. But I'm just, uh, I think that's what it was. Anyway, it's its a great place. I got hooked up there through this company called A&M Events. I did a private event on their rooftop. It was a great event, but the weather was absolutely miserable. We were playing upstairs on their rooftop. And all day the weather was pretty nice. It was like in the sixties, and like for some reason, right when we played, this winds just started coming through, and we were just like, no one was out there. It was it was brutal. Like I couldn't even read the lyrics because my eyes were just tearing up. You know, real first world first world problems. But anyway, I got hooked up with their uh, their staff, their event staff. I started doing private events for Old Red, and then eventually I just started playing there, like solo acoustic, or I would do duos with Johan from the Flying Buffaloes, who have mentioned a bunch on this podcast. Anyways, I finally did their downstairs venue, which is like the main floor, third and Broadway. Uh, great stage, like sound, lighting. They have your name, LED screens. Just like you can use in-ears if you want. It's wild. It's like all these new venues on Broadway are all state-of-the-art, which is good. It should be. It's like, you know, hillbilly Disneyland. It's Everyone is coming here. For high levels of music, and the fact that these places are kind of destroying like the tootsies and the the Roberts of the worlds, not Roberts, I love Roberts, and they there's some charm, but the fact that they're just like they're paying well and they have great equipment you don't have to friggin you know they they hook you up on parking it's all it's all great. Um, The staff is awesome and the musicians and and the sound guys are all great. They have multiple sound guys for the different state, different floors where like some of these venues just have one person running sound for like three different floors. It's an impossible job. Um, But all these new places are like just incredible state of the art stages. So I'm lucky enough to have been hooked up with one and uh, it's old red. So I finally played a Sunday morning And I think I did a pretty good job. And I emailed the booking person. I was like, hey, like, I'd really love to do this as a regular spot if you want. And she's like, oh, you did a great job. How about we put you on Friday 6 to 10 with a full band? And I was like, oh, my God. Like, I've done, like, some full band stuff down on Broadway. But it was at different venues that weren't as, like, high quality. And didn't have as much foot traffic. So I was like, sure, I'll do it. But, man, I'm like... Actually, like, pretty nervous about doing this because I had never done a full band thing at this level for this amount of time. It's a four hour set, and like, you don't stop, you play six to ten. Um, so I called up Caleb, obviously, he's like the anchor here in Nashville, and I'm like, Can you do it? And he can, and Russ Gardner, who I normally play with, and Trevor Larkin, who is a legend, so it's like all guys that I've played with and I sent them the set list and I've kind of like organized all the sets and stuff so it's like, it'll be good. But I don't know, my philosophy with these types of gigs are if you are nervous going into it, it's a good thing because obviously it shows growth. And um, this is what you want. You want to feel nervous going into a gig because it means you care and it means you're pushing yourself uh, to a place that you haven't gone yet. So uh, I'm excited. I know it's just a Broadway thing, and some people are like, "Oh, you know, people talk shit about it." But I don't know. I think it's. I think playing at this particular venue is a really good thing for me, and the fact that they took a risk on a guy like me who's not doing the typical country, uh, like modern country thing. The fact that they gave me such a like good like time slot. Uh, I'm really thankful for that. I think it's cool. <clears throat> and I think it's cool they're taking a risk on an artist like me who is kind of doing a little bit more of the soul thing even though it is a bar that's famous for the owner who is a massive country star. So, we'll see how it goes. I'll I'll keep you posted on how it's going to go. And then Saturday uh we're playing at the Five Spot. And I'm actually really excited about the Five Spot show because this is the first time I've ever had like hosted my own show there. I booked the time slot, got all the bands um and I think it's going to be great. I'm just I'm really excited because it's four out of the five guys in my band are guys that I've they're kind of like the main Nashville dudes that I play with. And um then our keys player is a, a guy named Gabe Klein who is in Trevor's band. And I sent him the song, sent him some charts and we'll see how it goes. Gabe is an incredible musician from what I've heard. I actually have never talked to him. I don't think the first time we'll ever chat will be until our sound check. But that's Nashville. That's music for you, baby. Just get on stage and friggin' let it rip and start and stop at the same places and hope hope for the best, I guess. But no, it's gonna be great. And I'm excited to see Trevor's full band. He's been working pretty hard on that and like that's gonna be cool. Michael Kite's playing. I actually don't know what his set is going to look like if he's gonna do a solo set. But, I mean, he's a super talented guy, and uh, I'm really excited for that. And I'm just excited to have a a venue that I can play originals at. I was doing the local here, which when I first moved was called The Country. My friend Lee was the booking person. He had since left. They changed the name to the local. And it's fine there, but it's turning into more of a venue where they're having residencies and... Not so much cover band stuff, but like there's Wednesday nights, the freak show, which is like a songwriter residency, Sunday's an open jam, just kind of like they're, they're having more regular slots as opposed to a place like five spot or the basement where it's ticketed shows. Um, and I think the next step for me here in town is to really focus on doing ticketed shows and, and starting to be able to prove your draw which will in turn hopefully uh be pretty decent and good enough to maybe get a couple smaller festival slots here once we start releasing music which i think is going to be in June with a three song EP with uh three songs on it <laughs> But yeah, i think i i i wrote this big long email to uh what the hell is this? I don't know. This one from Delaware is calling me. It's probably like a scam. Friggin' Facebook, man. Um, but yeah, so I sent out an email to the guys and I think we're going to, we're going to come up with this plan to start releasing the new stuff, which I'm so excited about. We have some videos in mind. We're going to just start going for it and, uh, and start to really work on the release of this while writing the next thing, which I want to be a full length album, fully produced, get like hire a producer and not self-produced because the last one two. Everything we've released since 2014 has all been self-produced, which I think is a really good thing for a band that's trying to figure out what they're doing in uh, the studio. But especially we focus so much of our time on doing the live recording thing. This past, the stuff we're going to release this year was a little bit of half and half. It was like live and then tracked. And I think what we're going to do for the next thing is... Hire a producer, maybe Joey Saccaroli, who uh, was our main guy for the first two Ross Livermore band albums, the Lost and Found one, which we did in Buffalo, New York. And then the self-titled one, which we did in New York back in 2010. That was like the debut album. Um, But Joey was an incredible influence and still is on me and he was on the band But when we worked with him, we were just figuring it out. We didn't really know how to record. We didn't really know what we were doing. Songwriting, we were just like doing it, you know? We were just doing what we knew how to do and learning as we went. And it'll be really nice to work with Joey again if we decide to go with him with 10 years of experience now under our belt since we did the last record. You know, so we're in a way seasoned as a group and as songwriters and as performers in a way that we weren't when we were recording with him. So I'm really excited if that's what we decide to do. Um, But either way, this year is going to be great writing with a bunch of artists, writing every day, making music just like I don't, I don't work anymore. A job I just play and it's just an awesome thing. And I have to keep reminding myself of that where it's like a city that's so difficult to do that and do that well and continue to grow. I had a conversation yesterday about people who do with a friend of mine and we were talking about corporate events and he's like, I, I, he does some artist development and he was like, you know, I, I, I struggle with who I try to pitch um, and convince to do corporate events because it can be soul crushing work, but it seems like for you, you're utilizing it in a way that like you you're budgeting your money so you can save to record and you can pay out guys and you can budget for shows and it's you're you're utilizing it in a way that isn't soul crushing and you're able to be like okay I I had a really good gig I have money for the month I have freedom to write songs so I'm going to do that and when you do some corporate gigs and plus like I'm not doing weddings every weekend you know what I mean it's a different thing when you're playing 20 gigs a month and they're all GB gigs like that is tough so I'm towing the line um where it's like okay these gigs are I need to I need them to support myself but I you know eyes on the prize original music is is the goal and it's a means to an end so you just keep doing the gigs that help you survive while uh transitioning into just only doing your original music and that's the goal right now and 2018 was a big transition year and then 2019 is like let's get the band on the road because solo traveling is just it's it's boring it's lonely and it's not really a good represent representation of of what the music is and who i am as an artist i think i mean like i I have the ability to play solo shows, which has in turn like provided me the freedom to have a full-time career in music. And I totally understand that. But when it comes to like the original songs, they're meant for a band and they always have been, and they always will be. So that's, um, that's where we're trying to go here. And it's really exciting. It's all, it's all great. Like the, the, the new stuff is great. I'm really happy with where I'm at with writing right now. I'm, like, focusing on writing lyrics a bunch. Just, like, 20 minutes timing myself every day. Just free writing lyrics and transcribing poems and trying to figure out different new, like, rhythms of words. And I'm doing all sorts of wacky shit to try to, like, to try to inspire the muse, I guess, as they say. I don't know who says that. I just said it, but I don't know who actually says that anyway um, yeah it's all exciting stuff but I feel like that's a good place to uh, wrap this podcast up hopefully it wasn't weird I've gotten so used to doing the live feed and kind of like going back and forth with people online on Instagram and Facebook that I don't know if uh, if my skills as a communicator alone in a room are at a good place right now but who's are really you know who is really good other than stand-up comedians? Who is who is really good at just talking out loud alone in a room? <laughs> I don't know anyone other than like Bill Burr, maybe. Crystal Leah has a good one. I'm trying to think of like who has like solo who has solo podcasts. Theo Vaughn, legend. But yeah, I think it's only stand up comedians anyway. Um It's funny, funny stuff. But yeah, I think, I think what the podcast is, I'm just going to kind of, if I'm feeling like going live, go live. If I'm not, I won't. And I'm just going to continue to do it. I think that's sometimes, sometimes that's what's been holding me back from doing it. I know a couple weeks I was late and I I think when you're like, Oh no, I'm going to go live. I hope like my mom isn't watching (laughs) or I hope I don't say anything that offends anyone. It's such a weird climate right now when you're a communicator 'Cause if you say one thing, you could not that this is this hasn't actually happened to me with the life of the podcast, but you say one thing and you're just like, ooh shit, I'm gonna like you're you're gonna get blowback from from the goddamn liberals, man. <laughs> but who knows? Uh yeah. Just gonna keep doing it. And if I want to go live, go live. If not, not. I think another thing, I might go live right after this and just be like, hey. I did the podcast. I didn't go live. But if you like it, subscribe. I think I'm going to try to get more people. If you're listening to this, your chances are you're probably subscribed. Um, but it would be nice to get some more people on SoundCloud and in the, uh, the iTunes podcast store. Anyway, I'm just bullshitting now. Thanks for tuning in. Hopefully, we'll see you Saturday night if you're in the greater Nashville area. If you're up in New England and you feel like making a trip, up to Maine, Carabasset Valley. We'll be at the Widowmaker April 5th with Paul and Phil, myself. It's gonna be an Opry ski showdown party. I don't know what the hell that is, but it's gonna be fun either way. And uh, more shows, more music in the near future. So tune in. Thank you so much for uh, listening to the Hey World Podcast episode 43, and we will see you next week. Bye-bye.